words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. And um, I want to share a word that God had given to me personally because I'd been, I'd been struggling through some things. You know, we thought that the entire, I mean, when we were all um, doing this in March, I don't think anybody thought would still be here. It would be this long. We thought, okay, match. Ah, it's just match. Just do a one-week fast. Do a one-week Bible study. You know, do something. Go online. Learn a course. Go online. Been there, done that. Can't see tomorrow. You know, and it's getting to a point where for many people it's actually becoming um, frustrating. Beyond frustrating, really, because for many people, businesses are being threatened. Um, for some families, family life is being threatened and things like that, you know, and I got to a point where I was taking a walk one morning and the scripture that popped into my mind was, um, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And I said to God, I fainted. My strength is small. You have to help me because the strength is very, very small. I have fainted. And at that point in my life, I didn't want to do anything I just didn't want to connect. I didn't want to connect to any fellowship. I didn't want to go on. I didn't want to go online to do anything. I'd had it. And it was really affecting me. And I cried out to the Lord that morning and I said, God, please help me. My strength is indeed small. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that morning, resilience. Resilience. And since then, I've been wondering, what does resilience mean? If you go to the dictionary, it will give you several meanings. You know, one, one um, definition said it means to bounce back from challenges. You know, when you face a challenge, the ability to bounce back. But the Holy Spirit defined it this way to me. said it means being unbreakable. You come to that point where your core is unbreakable, no matter what you're going through. Your inner man is standing. You are unbreakable. And the scripture he shared with me is what I want to share with you this morning. It's from 2 Corinthians 11. Um, and if you, if you read from the beginning, I'm going to be reading from verse 23. But if you read from the beginning, you will see that Paul had gone into a discussion with some of the disciples because they were comparing him with you know, the other apostles, I mean, physically, he wasn't that much to write about, you know, and they were comparing him. So he started to talk about himself. And that was the scripture the Holy Spirit led me to. And he said, this is what, this is the resilience. This is the picture of resilience that you need to have. And Paul said from verse um, 23, I'm reading the message version. He says, I've worked much harder. I've been jailed more often. I've been beaten up more times than I can count. And at death's door, time after time, I've been flogged five times with the Jews' 39 lashes. I've been beaten by Roman rods three times. I've been pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling, year in and year out. 
out. I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city. I've been at risk in the country. I've been endangered by desert sun and sea storm. I've been betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery. I've known hard labor. I've known many a long and lonely night without sleep. Many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And then he says, that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. When someone is duped into sin, an angry fire burns in my gut. If I have to brag about myself, I'll brag about the humiliations that made me like Jesus. The eternal and blessed God and Father of our Master Jesus knows I'm not lying. Remember the time I was in Damascus and the governor of King Aretas posted guards at the city gates to arrest me, I crawled through a window in the wall. I was let down in a basket and I had to run for my life. And when I read that scripture, I started to go through. I don't know how he did it. I don't know who goes through things like this and still comes back and says, God, use me. I mean, I've had issues where I looked at all of them. I was like, okay, maybe I've had one sleepless night when I was quarreling with somebody and I could not sleep. And I vowed that night that I would never speak to the person again. In fact, God should do this and that and that. But every time he faced these things, what did he do? He came back to do the work of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said to me, that's resilience. And he said, you need to build strength. You know why you need to build strength? Not because we're in lockdown, not because there's a virus. We need to build strength because there's a great and a mighty work that is coming. There's a work God is going to put in your hands. And when he puts that work in your hand, that's not the time to start to sit down to develop the strength, the capacity. You need to execute that work because we're in the last days and the time is short. So when he puts the work in your hands, he, you need strength to just get up and go and do that work. If you read Hebrews 11, you know, it talked about Abraham. It talked about, you know, mighty men. And then he got to a point. He said, time will not allow me. He said, is it Gideon? Is it Barak? Is it David? He said, these people were sown into, they were thrown in hot water. They wandered the forest. He said, the world was not worthy of them. These were men who made up their minds that no matter what God, the work you have given me to do, I will do it. You need to be ready. You need to build strength. Last week, Pastor Moshe shared, you know, he shared the story of Pa Elton John. And I remember when we joined um, SU, God born again, and you know, everybody was like, Pa Elton said, Pa Elton said, Pa Elton said. I was privileged to hear some of his teachings. He was resilient. This was a white man who came into Nigeria. Many of them don't survive. The mosquitoes alone will kill them in a week. But he was resilient. He wanted to do the work of God. It was like the three Hebrew boys when the king said, bow down. They said, we will not. We will not. How many of us can withstand pressure? I said to God, God, my strength is small. I'm fainting. One of the worst things you need to be is to be on your own in this time. 
Because then nobody is checking. When you go online, the worst thing you can have in this lockdown is yourself, internet, and a device alone. I, I tell you. Because the minute you log on, guess what pops up? Very juicy pornographic sites. There's nobody there to tell you don't look. Your flesh is crying out, look. It's locked down. Just manage. Just survive it. If this is what it takes. So we have to build strength. We have to be strong as children of God. Yes. I said to God, how do I build my strength? I'm fainting. So if I'm fainting now, what then happens when God gives me a work to do? If I'm fainting now and God gives me a work, and for instance, he says, go to the north and preach the gospel, of course, I'll bind the voice. Can't be God. Because the thought of what you will go through will be enough to cripple you. But there are people who just take him at his word. That's resilience. To say that God has said it, and then I will do it. How do I build the strength? And that had been my cry for the last three weeks. And God took me out one morning walking again. A lot of thoughts come when I'm walking. And I was walking and the scripture that popped into my mind was bodily exercise profits little. But spiritual exercise has great reward in the here and in the after. And for the one hour I was working, that scripture kept popping up, bodily exercise. Meanwhile, I was fainting from the bodily exercise. Have you tried jogging? Oh my God. <laughs> There's a lady in my state, when she comes out, I will be watching her from my window. She will do one hour. So I thought, ah, it can't be that hard. Not just to be running around, just run around. Then I came out for my, you know, Nikes. They said, get good running shoes. I got Get good at God. I stepped on the track, still running. I kid you not, one minute. I thought I was going to die. I could not breathe. My heart was, I thought I was going to die. And here was this lady, very tiny woman. She would just pass me, how are you? I'm like, man. I said, okay, let me just try. One, one minute will be disgraceful. You cannot leave the house. <laughs> then you come back. Then your children will say, ah, we thought you went jogging. And you'll not be able to answer them because you'll be like, <sighs> I said, let me just try a bit. I was going, going. After a while, I felt, you know, I was itchy. I'm like, what's going on? I stopped, I was scratching, I was itchy. And then someone jogged by me and said, don't scratch, it won't stop, just keep going. After a while, it will stop. I'm like, really? He said, yes, let's go, let's go together. So I had encouragement, and I started going with him. And I found I'd done five minutes, and I'd done 10 minutes, and I'd done 15 minutes, I was like, it's okay. <laughs> but each day I made up my mind to come out and to time myself. I did 10 minutes, let me do 11. I did 15, let me do 16, let me do 17. 
Now I can do 20 minutes. I'm not panting. Still planning to do one hour with that lady one day. But I kept going. And I didn't know God was using that to show me something. And he said, this is how you exercise your spirit. Spiritual exercise. I said to God, what then is spiritual exercise? He said, look in the scripture for the things that make your spirit strong. One of the scriptures I found was build yourself on your most holy faith. Doing what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray. If you have not been baptized with the Holy Ghost, come out of your house and look for who will lay hands on you so you can speak in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. It exercises your spirit. It builds your faith. Pray in the spirit. And I, was, I, I just, when I got that word, I just started to pray. I, was, I would pray and pray and I would just pray in the spirit. And one of the quickest things I realized was how very quickly I was being lifted up from where I was. I was almost sliding into, I, I can't call it depression, into lethargy. And I realized how praying in the Holy Ghost just started to lift me from that place. And to do it constantly, to do it consistently, and to just pray. One day, my son woke me up. He said, you're sleeping, go to bed. I said, how do you know I'm sleeping? He said, because you're speaking in tongues. I said, how does speaking in tongues? He said, you're always speaking in tongues. Now we know you're you you asleep, go. Just keep praying. There is no specific time to pray. Pray always. The Bible says that men ought to pray and not faint. Pray for five minutes if that's what you can do. Then the next day, pray for six. Then the next day, pray for ten. Then the next day, pray for twelve. Pray for one hour if that's what you can do. The day after that, add some more time. But pray, pray, you are exercising your spirit in the place of prayer. And that was the first thing he said to me. Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. So you must do it. Many times we love the thought of prayer. And we love the sound of prayer. But do we actually pray? So if you're not connecting on Zoom to a prayer meeting, or you're not somewhere on, do you pray? And prayer must be consistent. It's not like, it's not like you know, travel miles, you know, how you just rack up your miles, you know, so you just say, okay, on Monday, I'm going to pray for seven hours. Then that seven hours, we cover the week. You, you, you don't rack it up like prayer miles. Because prayer brings you into connection with God. And you need that connection every day. Every day of your life, you need it. Prayer preserves you. You know, one day, I wanted to cook. I was tired. And I forgot that I'd brought out my ingredients and left them and went to bed. 
And when I woke up in the morning, everything was bad. And I had to throw them away. And the Lord says, this is how prayer preserves you. When you don't pray, you're like exposed ingredients. No preservation. And you begin to decay. And you begin to find your mind going into places where it should not go. Somebody greets you, you take an offense. Every time I find myself very angry and irritated, I realize what? I haven't been praying. Prayer preserves you. So pray. And pray consistently and pray constantly. The other thing that exercises your spirit is worship. I mean, if you, if you were here this morning, come on. The way you came and the way you are now cannot be the same. Worship exercises your spirit. Because worship takes you into the presence of God. In Colossians, the Bible says, set your mind on the things that are above. You cannot adore God and adore things at the same time. So when you adore God, the adoration for other things will naturally fade away. And that was what they were singing. Let every other name fade away. They begin to fade away. And that strengthens your spirit. Your spirit comes alive when it comes into the presence of God in worship. It is in worship that your heart becomes tender. And you can look at a situation and say, God, I, I choose to forgive. It is in worship that you decide to make peace. It is in worship that you say, God, be bigger than who I am. It is in the place of worship that you enter into an exchange. You drop something at the altar and God gives you himself. You drop your pain, you drop your shame, you drop your guilt, you drop your temper, and God gives you his character. It happens in the place of worship. And many times we're waiting to get into the mood. Create the mood. Don't, don't wait. Your, your flesh will not feel it. God is a spirit. And they that worship him, they must worship him in spirit. Your flesh will not get to a point where you'll be like, I feel like worshiping God. No. Create the mood. Create the mood. If it means banning some certain things, ban them. And as you ban them, what do you do? You install some other things. Wake up to worship music. Don't wake up to CNN. Wake up to music that causes you to shout and to say, God, you are good. Create the mood. Don't wait for the feeling. Exercise your spirit in the place of worship. That is how you build strength. And then another thing he says is the word. The word of God is quick. And it is active. It is not a storybook. It is not a collection of words. It is not something that you read and nothing happens. In fact, as you read the word of God, it becomes life inside you. And it begins to separate you from things that had entangled you. Things that had bound you. As you stay in the word, the word of God brings a separation. The word of God is food for the spirit. And if you don't read the Bible, you don't study the Bible, guess what? You're starving your spirit. 
and your spirit is weak. So stay in the word. How do you pray? Pray the word. There's so much prayer in the Bible. Start from the Psalms, from the beginning to the end. It's all prayer. That's how potent and how powerful the word of God is. It exercises your spirit. Guess what the Lord said to me? He said, begin to memorize the scriptures. I never thought it was important. After all, you can Google it and find it. Isn't it? But the spirit of God said to me, memorize it. Why? So that when you are walking and you can't Google, you can begin to say what the word of God says. Memorize it. And guess what memorizing the scripture does for you? It changes your confession. You know, the psalm says, how does a young man keep his way straight? The temptations are too many. If I walk here, there's one. If it's not money, it's woman. It's, it's too much. How? God, how do I keep my way straight? He says, by what? Hiding it inside your heart. Have a store of the word inside your heart. The word of God is a defense. It will defend you. So memorize it. When you memorize it, then speak it. Start saying what the word of God says. Speak his word. Confess it. You see, when you say the word of God out loud, guess what? It changes the atmosphere. It changes your atmosphere. Say it. Open the scriptures, read them out. And you realize that immediately your atmosphere changes. I realize that every time my children are bickering and fighting amongst themselves, it's because we haven't been declaring the word. And the enemy then thinks, okay, this is a very comfortable zone to come and play tricks. So now anybody that is quarreling with anybody has like three or four verses to learn. <laughs> and to speak. Because, you know, you really can't settle the fight. You were not there. This one will say he's the one. The other one will say he's the one. It's okay. Psalm 91. One to four. One hour. Nobody is fighting again. <laughs> Speak God's word. Speak God's word. Feed your spirit. Exercise your spirit. And then fasting. That's the one I don't like. Fasting. Proper fasting, or not starving. Not climbing the scale and saying, ah, I put on too much weight, let me fast. Not that type. Not intermittent fasting. No. Fasting. Yeah, you know, the Jews called it an affliction of the soul. Why? Because in the day of fast, you will lay before the Lord in sackcloth. You will not be in front of the TV. You know, that's how me I fast. Just, the clock is near the TV, just be there. Watching one comedy after the other, waiting for the time to pass. Hey, ah, it's six. Let's break the fast. <laughs> that was a weight loss exercise. And you regain the weight back. Fasting, fasting. Laying before God. Laying before God. Putting some things aside. And then breaking the proclivities of your flesh.
and the weaknesses of your temperament. Say, in our family, this is how we are. Fasting, we break it. You know, where I come from, we are hot temp we used to be angry. If we don't speak our mind, fasting, we break it. That's where you come from. It will break it. It will break the proclivities of your flesh. You know those things you could never say no to. Fasting will break it. So fast. Do it properly. Don't starve. Don't do intermittent fasting diet. You know when you do it properly with prayer, it is called waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 40 says, have you not heard? Have you not known that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't grow weary. He never faints. He says there's no searching of his understanding. He's the one who gives strength to the weary. And to them that are fainting, he increases might. He says they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Come into a place of waiting. You will come out with renewed strength. You need strength. It is strength that builds resilience for you to take responsibility of the work that God is giving to you. And so we must stand as children of God. Try all this. Try it. Do it. Get a, get a partner. Get an accountability partner, prayer partner, whatever. Get someone. Like the guy who ran alongside me and said, stop stopping. Keep going. Get that someone. But take charge of exercising your spirit, man. Take charge. Take charge. There's a lot of work to be done. It is time for a great harvest. Where is your place in the army of God? You need to be resilient because you're entering into a battle. A battle is not a place where you go and you're like, okay, you know, no, it's a fight. You will get hit in that battle. But guess what? Because you are strong, you will stand. You are resilient. You are unbroken. Because you have exercised your spirit. I pray that God gives us the grace to make use of the time. Because the days are evil. And the time is short. I pray God gives us the grace. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 